Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Kamara Education Island podcast. My name is James, and I'm here with Orner as usual. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at the idea of using audio with students in the classroom. Now, Orner, I know that you have been, done this in the past, um, and you had a bit of a eureka moment um, at some point uh, about how you could use audio with students and use it in the classroom. So why don't you tell us how you got started using this and what sparked this journey for you? Yeah, thanks, James. Yeah, I, I definitely did have a, have a eureka moment. As I said before, my background is post-primary teaching. I was an Irish teacher and I was at a conference and the Irish teachers conference there a few years ago and I went to a session. It was kind of one of those one-off suggestions that was made. It wasn't the focus of, of the entire session, but what, um, what the teacher who was presenting suggested was that she had been recording herself in class reading the leading certificate poems for the students so the idea was that she would read the poems the students had their phones out uh, recording her and they would bring that recording home they'd be able to listen to her and practice their um, recordings then or their their excuse me their poetry reading for the leading oral exam and I just kind of thought gosh that's that's great you know I'll, I'll, I'll try that myself so I did but then I, I was thinking really the students should be reading these so we should practice in class that the students read as we were doing anyway but then the students take a little bit of ownership and for example if you were in my class James would say right James you're up this week we're all going to record James to get your phones and James is going to read whatever poem it was and then obviously the students are, are speaking the language and it's a bit more crack so that's where we started with it and then the students were going home recording themselves for their homework and sending in their recordings also as part of the leading cert there's kind of there's um, picture sequences that students have to prepare so it kind of grew then that we were prepping the picture sequences in class and similarly the students were recording themselves or recording each other in class and then going home to practice using those recordings. So we'd have maybe six students per class reading one sequence. And it just became kind of a, a regular feature in, in my classes. There was definite reluctance at the start and once students got used to it, it, it was just a normal, normal approach really. I was lucky enough in the schools that I was working in that the students were able to use their phones as needed, I suppose, or on, under direction of the teacher. It kind of then grew legs in that I had a, a, a quite capable leaving sort of higher, higher level uh, class in one school. And I just said, I was kind of thinking, you know, let's see how far I can take this. So I put them in pairs. I had them writing conversations about quite meaty topics like things like, you know, the education system or environmental concerns that write a conversation that would take maybe two minutes. A two minute conversation has potentially lots of quite difficult, complicated language in it. Give the students the ownership over that conversation and then they had to go off and record it. They could do it in class. They could go outside, you know, give them five minutes. You guys pop outside, take out your phone, you record it, pop back in, next pair goes out, something like that. Send it on to me. And again, they're practicing their language. I'm being given the space then and the time to be able to correct it appropriately. And then obviously trying to get the younger students then to use it as well. So I did the exact same with like my first year, second years, had them like creating my second years there a few years ago, I did something similar like making radio programs, a little bit more fun, like, you know, welcome to this, this week's, or welcome to the studio this week. I'm here with the experts talking about whatever it was. Those younger students, they actually really enjoyed it. Like they enjoyed the audio element, the digital element. I had one student, inserting one of the picture sequences for junior cycle that he was recording himself doing um, is like a or it used to be for the junior search it was like a, a kind of a, a boat they go boating and then they get stuck on the lake and and this student put in 
sound recordings were kind of the Jaws theme tune and that sort of thing. So it was just, it, it, that was really evident to me that the student was enjoying the process. Me as a teacher, I, I knew that the student was speaking Irish and taking ownership of their Irish, but more importantly, he was enjoying speaking Irish. The fact that there was digital element to it, I suppose, added to that enjoyment. What also happened though, James, was that with all of these audio recordings that the students were making and submitting to me, I was building up this huge bank of resources. So obviously part of my language class was presenting audio clips to the students and you know doing the traditional um, listening exercises, for example, from passings or papers or from books. But it really is a lot more impactful when I say to my second years, okay, this is a conversation that my coaches have recorded and let's like let's answer questions on it. Or similarly, if you flip it and you give, for example, the transition year students a conversation that my second years have recorded, and suddenly it starts to up the game a little bit when the students can hear what different classes are doing. So it just um, grew legs. And in, in terms of the digital skills that were needed on my part and on the students' part, it was, it was quite low, but really impactful for teaching the subject. And it was fun. Yeah, it sounds like good fun. I, I didn't do Irish, um, but I did do mm -hmm. French. And my teacher took the what you talked about at the beginning. She recorded stuff for me and mm -hmm. sent it to me so that I could listen to it. I guess the hope was I would listen to it while I sleep or something and it would get into <laughs> my get into my brain that way. It, it didn't work, unfortunately. But I think definitely the the idea of having students record uh, for the languages, especially, you know, could be really helpful. It could allow you to be able to spend more time with them on specific points where they're struggling whether it's pronunciation or grammar or whatever it might be so that then you know you're you're getting more time with them perhaps and you're getting more time hearing them than you might be able to in a classroom if they're recording stuff outside of yeah. class as well yeah exactly and i think as well for languages like it's a way to bring a language outside of the classroom but the french classroom isn't isn't the only place where French is heard and the Irish classroom isn't, yeah. you know, Irish doesn't only exist in that little room that, that students can can bring their language and, and interact with it outside of, of the actual classroom itself. Yeah, I suppose in, in some ways it's like the idea of getting them to watch TV shows or read articles or books, but mm. just a different, I guess, a different take on that, um, that we would hope that students that are learning those languages would try and pursue other options where they're encouraged by their teachers or because they're um, wanting to learn more that, um, this is just another way um, that they can do that. And, and so it sounds like it was impactful for your students and, and beneficial um, across the whole secondary school level. Um, and so that was Irish teaching, but we think that audio can definitely be used in other subjects and, and transferable. Yeah. So one example is podcasts, right? And so I, I know you are a big podcast fan, um, mm. especially in terms of education. And obviously people listening to this must be fans of podcasts as well. Mm. What are some podcasts that you listen to that can uh, help students that are in other subjects, perhaps? Yeah, one I really like, James, is a podcast called Everything is Alive. And it's an interview based format. So the idea is that there's an interviewer interviewing, in this case, inanimate objects. So, for example, they're short little episodes, maybe 20 minutes long. Um, there's an interview with a bar of soap. There's an interview with a baseball cap, um, with a train seat. And it sounds so ridiculous. I've listened to this for my own enjoyment. It, it, they're really fun. They're actually quite poignant. There's always like a little bit of poignancy in them. They're really very funny, though. And, you know, I was thinking for a class for upper primary school, maybe for 
into post-primary as well, the creativity that's involved in that, thinking, well, what is the story of a train seat? What sort of day does that does a train seat experience? What people does it encounter? What restrictions does it encounter in that it can't move anywhere? What and it, what's the other train seat across from it? Who, who's that? What's the name of the train seat across from it? Do they get on? There's so much creativity there, and to give a voice to these inanimate objects, really funny, really nice exercises that you could build based on listening to an episode of the podcast itself, such as you know, like how did that? How did the train seat feel? Or, or what was the big moment in the baseball cap's life, for example, but also it could, it could just spark creativity in, in terms of students creating their own story or their own play based on the life of an anonymous subject, for example. Yeah, I just, I, I, I haven't listened to everything. It's like, the, it definitely sounds interesting. I, it sounds a bit like show and tell, but in a yeah. in an even better and deeper way, perhaps. I think and history perhaps would be an obvious place. I can think that that might work if, you know, if you had some object from your family's history or even mm. you know a coin or something to then be thinking okay you know this coin was made in whatever year what has it seen you know or what has it um, gone through and so I think uh, as bizarre as the concept sounds to me having not listened to it I think that I can see how um, it could be really helpful yeah so so another one um, is called that's also interview based uh, is how I built this so this is um, particularly good perhaps for business students or economic students, interviews with well-known entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, discussing how they took their business and built it, um, things they struggled with on the way, successes on the way. Um, and so that could be something really helpful for, for business students or economic students in, in the Leaving Cert especially. And I think that both of us would encourage us that there's podcasts out there that can cover every subject in school, some of them that are specifically designed for students in schools, but also ones that have nothing to do and no intention of being educational podcasts, perhaps, mm. but it's just a different way of engaging students. Um, I think that a lot of the times when I was in secondary school, Lisa, or when I'm interacting with secondary school students, perhaps in maths or computer science, lots of them don't enjoy what they're being made to do mm. um, some of the time. And I think that they're probably listening to podcasts. I, I know lots of teenagers and young adults that listen to podcasts. And so it is something they do. They all have mobile phones, so they have access to it. And so I think the idea that they could sit and listen to something and learn or sit and listen to something and take the idea and put it into action themselves and learn through that is you know, really exciting. Yeah. And also, I think that for a student to see that the topic in question or the subject in question isn't just an interest of the teacher. Again, if it's primary or post-primary, that there's that there's other people in the world who enjoy whatever the topic is, be it history or science or English, whatever it is, and take ownership of it, that they are creative with it, that they um, you know, maybe have a different approach to the history topic in question or whatever it is. That I think there's podcasts that can highlight the relevance of different subjects in the real world for students. Definitely. Just like we would recommend they watch documentaries and things like I, mm. I know in biology, David Asperger, it was in my classroom and I assume it's in almost every classroom mm. um, across the English speaking world. And podcasts can be as good quality as that. There are, you know, experts in all the fields. And so shining a different light on it that maybe the teacher can't or isn't able to for, you know, for constraints, maybe in terms of time and things like that, but also accepting that there's people out there that have more knowledge um, and being able to tap into that. That's it, exactly. And also I suppose to, to remember that, you know, sometimes it can feel a bit daunting when there's so many resources available and, and it's hard to know where to even start. 
you can start really, really small. Like you don't have to give an entire podcast episode to students to listen to or to play in your class. It could be an excerpt. It could be an excerpt of, of a few seconds, of 30 seconds, of a minute and use that. And often the shorter clips are, are the more impactful ones anyway, that you, they can spark more creativity. Um, but it doesn't have to be a, a kind of a, a real daunting experience of, of, of how to start out with podcasts, I think. Following on from that, I suppose, quite naturally, if teachers were interested in making podcasts, we would also recommend that they keep them short. And so we think that it's mm. the idea, just like this podcast in many ways, uh, it's a different way of engaging them that, that isn't perhaps natural to teachers to do. Um, but we'd encourage you that it could work for you um, and that keeping them short, keeping them snappy is definitely the easiest way to start. Start small and, and build there. But you mentioned that the real spark for you was thinking, wait a second, why am I recording these poems when I know how to speak Irish? I'm, I'm fluent in Irish, but you made your students do it instead. And so what about students making podcasts? Oh, absolutely. I think it'd be so much fun. And like that, something new like this can be a bit daunting and it can be a bit, you can be very unsure, will it work or how do I manage it in the classroom or even remotely, will it work? And and I think it's it's something that can be really enjoyable and really impactful for students of any age who have the digital skills to record themselves. So just a couple of examples, maybe like obviously really useful for language like classes, like I said, like um, you could have students just reading out a short piece of writing, getting them to practice the language that they're learning, getting them to practice the English story, you know, presenting the English story that they wrote, if it was their first language, and we'll do the Irish, if it was their first language, to, to practice even that dramatic element, you know, like um, that it's not a story doesn't just exist on the page. But also, for example, if we're talking about history or geography, students can make short presentations, I suppose. It, it's similar to how a student making a traditional presentation, working on a project and presenting it to the class at the top of the room. You could have students working individually, possibly nicer to put students in, in groups of two maybe, and give them a task of preparing a, a podcast or a record audio recording of three minutes, five minutes, and everything has to be audio based. There's quite a lot of learning of the topic involved in making a podcast in the same way as there would be for any sort of visual presentation. But I suppose without the visual aids that you would have in a poster or, or in a traditional uh, slideshow, there's kind of an extra an extra onus on, this, on the students to, to prove the learning of the topic. Yeah, I, I think we've discovered that maybe in the last, mm -hmm. this is um, probably episode four, we've realised that it challenges us if you're looking at something even as long as ours, maybe 20, 25 minutes, mm -hmm. um, and we're maybe starting saying start with five minutes, the idea that you have to take the concept or the idea or the topic and really think intentionally about how you're going to put that across to people that maybe aren't aware of it at all, or even if they are, that they that you need to make it clear and concise and deliver the information in a way that doesn't ramble on, which hopefully we don't do too much. <laughs> <laughs> but also that it challenges you to make sure you actually know what you're talking about and that you know how to pass that information on. And I think, you know, speaking um, from my perspective, the idea that we can equip students to pass that information on to each other via recordings as well. And so, again, you said about you build up a bank of resources that you could use in different classrooms. The idea that if you assigned your history class all with a different famous person in from history to record five minutes on then suddenly you've got perhaps 10 15 five minute recordings about that that you can use not only 
in the future, but also with each other and they'll be listening to them. And it's interesting to see how much more they learn when they are listening to each other than maybe just listening to the teacher as well. Um, I think that there's a novelty to that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the time restriction is something that's really powerful, actually. Like five minutes is actually potentially quite long. Like even if those three minutes, we're, you're obliging students to choose key points that they will include in their podcast, meaning that they have to identify, well, what are the important points? And what are, you know, I have, I have a bank of information here. What's the stuff that's not important enough to include in that short time frame? And there's so much learning in that that's nothing to do with technology and nothing to do with actually making a podcast it's to do with them assessing and and using the knowledge of the subject that they're working in so it's, it's a really um i think it's a really powerful way of of obliging students to interact with the subject and fun like i said like you'll end up with recordings where they have things like the jaws theme tune on it like it, it's it's fun and it should be i suppose presented as fun you know like it should be an enjoyable process as well yeah, so I, I would say, like, um, as someone who's seen the benefits of, of a quite simple approach to it, I'd say just start slow, keep the tasks really easy for students, but most of all, enjoy it, enjoy it as a teacher, just have fun with it and let the kids do it and, and let the kids enjoy it as well. Yeah, I, I think that's an important point that fight, figuring out those key points to fit into quite a short time frame is maybe even more powerful than getting them to write an essay. I know that I had a tendency to to ramble or waffle in essays to mm -hmm. fill the two or three page requirement that I was given. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're shortening the the time frame or the space that they have to to say that, whilst making sure that they know they still need to make sure that people were aware of the the important parts of this person's life or the important things about this you know this topic in science. You know, there's there's the research going in, um, as you said, that's as as in depth as it would be for a personal presentation with up the front of the class or an essay but it narrows their focus and so it helps them perhaps even when we're looking at exams it helps them to remember those key points yeah. more than they might have done normally um, and and I suppose that works on every and any subject it's not just for for the languages ones and and then obviously there are those digital skills that they're learning because they will be recording which I'm sure they've they're all familiar with, but yeah. they'll maybe then take those things and edit, like you said, adding in the Jaws uh, theme tune, whatever it might be, will, you know, will take an, it's sort of a next step and an extra layer to the learning that you wouldn't be able to do in something like an essay. But even without that, there's still a real benefit to them using this method of learning in the classroom and outside of the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. Like schools are obviously really conscious of building digital, digital skills and students anyway that's happened a lot over the last year, but it, this is a way for it to, um, for, for that development to be maintained in a really applicable way for each subject um, and a consistent way for the students as well. Yeah, so we'd really encourage teachers to look at podcasts, look at audio and the way it can work in your classroom, whether that's finding pre-existing content on, on websites or on Spotify or things like that and assigning that as listening in the classroom or at home, or even better, recording them yourselves and getting your students to record them yourselves so that they can learn not only the digital skills, but they'll be learning about the topic themselves, having fun whilst doing it. And, and it allows a different way of looking at topics perhaps that they haven't done before. And so we'd really encourage you to do that. And if you have experience with that and you want to share those experiences and knowledge with, with other educators, 
we would love to hear from you. Please do get in touch. You can email us at podcast at kamara.ie or find us on Twitter Kamara, at Kamara Island. And you can send us how you're using podcasts, what podcasts you listen to, what podcasts you get your students to listen to, and we will share those in our next episode. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be recording an episode where we look at taking technology and how we can take the technology we've been using in remote learning as we return to the classroom. And we'd love to hear also what you've been using in remote teaching that you think will work well or plan to use in the classroom. So if you have any ideas around that, please do send them in to us and we will give some suggestions, but we'd love to get suggestions from you on the ground in schools as well. So thanks Orna for having this conversation with me. Yeah, thanks for you, James. I'm delighted to be at episode four. Yeah, and thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you next time.